Following Christ is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the uncomfortable truth. I'm going to take you back to your college or high school days. You're a little late for class. You got your backpack on. You're running across campus or school or whatever, but you're in a rush. And you finally whoosh into the room. Teacher has already started. You're about a minute late and you run to your seat and sit down with your backpack on. You ever do that? Oh, yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Try sitting down with a backpack on. Yeah, you get about halfway in the seat, and you're like, what? Wait, something's it? wrong. Yeah. I rest too much. I still have my backpack on. And then you're, it's that awkward, like, trying to get it off without standing up. Love it. That's uncomfortable. Welcome to the uncomfortable <laughs> truth. You had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, what it reminded me of is um, in college days for – Brandon was probably never late, so he didn't know it. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was probably running to be 15 minutes early. Uh, But anyway, some of you probably know what kangaroo court is. Some of you don't. Explain kangaroo court because this is a very interesting topic. It's essentially an unwritten gathering of people in an organization, so baseball players in this example on a college team, who have a judge and a jury – for anything that you do that you're caught doing or you don't think anybody's watching you, but they did. For example, I ran into a door once because it was glass and I thought it was a walkthrough door in college and I didn't think anyone saw me. And then I got brought to kangaroo court and, and you basically are charged. Who's, who's the presiding judge over this kangaroo court at this time? Typically in all the kangaroo courts I've been associated with, it's someone who has tenure or just a straight running jerk and nobody else wants to argue with him. <laughs> but or it's both. usually a part of the same program. It's a part of the same program. Right, so it would have been somebody in your, your baseball. Or, okay. Yeah. And they bring the case to trial. And then sometimes you'll have, you know, you'll either defend yourself or have someone defend you. And then you're fined. Well, the whole premise of this in college is, is that the fines accumulate and then they have a get together with it. We won't talk about <laughs> those kind of things. But, you know, it was college. So, I was fined for stupidity, essentially, and I either took the five dollar, ten dollar fine, whatever it was. Which in college, ten dollars is like, yeah, that's a like lot of money. Seven. When I was living off like of, seventy yeah. packets of ramen noodles, no yeah, doubt. I lot. was living yeah. off a hundred bucks a month. That yeah. was a tenth of my supply for the month. Um, but you pay it, or you suffer worse consequences if your peers deem that you are guilty so yeah, I, like I was a, seen i knew i did, I did it. call it i don't think that a soap like a soap yeah uh, like you, you said it's like 70 packs of ramen noodles i don't think money equated to noodles in college <laughs> i think it was like how how many beers that's is ten dollars that's true well that's well, where the whole that depends on your level of poverty in that's college. right yes absolutely <laughs> yeah true that was the whole point of the accrual system was for the party you know uh, in all honesty and all the kangaroo courts i've ever been on yeah so Anyway, um, who's leading us in prayer? I got it. Go Go ahead. ahead. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here safely. Uh, We thank you for this platform and, uh, Lord, what you're going to do with it. And and we're just looking forward to seeing people 
get touched by your word, Lord. We're, we're thankful that we get to be uh, messengers for you and that we get to serve you and try to get your name out uh, to the world, Lord. Just so thankful that for that opportunity. Lord, be with Brandon today and his topic. Uh, I pray that uh, our listeners would hear it, take something from it, and go and use it. Uh, Lord, we pray this morning for Sean's wife, Catherine, that she would get to feeling better. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for loving us. We thank you for your grace and mercy. And we just pray that you'll continue to be with us throughout the rest of this week. We love you and ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. So when Shane and I were growing up, uh, pretty much our entire childhood, uh, from the minute I remember having grandparents um, till now, um, my our dad's parents, uh, Granny and Papa, were grandparents that you just, we always wanted to spend time with them. Um, I used to get in trouble for asking to go stay at their house without them asking me first. I don't know if y'all's parents were like that or anybody listening would like that, but ours were. Like, you did not invite yourself to someone else's house, even if it was family, which I still struggle with. I'm like, if you can't invite yourself to your family member's house. (laughs) What is going on? What's wrong here? But Papa was cool enough where you could go up to him and be like, hey, Papa, are we on the same page? (laughs) I'm coming to your house today. Yes. Gotcha. And he'd go, okay. Yeah. And he'd walk up to my parents or our parents and go, hey, uh, can Brandon or Shane or both come to, to our house? So, where they lived was out in the middle of nowhere, and I mean, like, next level. Like, um, there are probably some dead bodies out there that people have said, where does this road go? And they kept going, and they're like, fantastic. We can bury somebody here. And I am not he, even kidding He's y'all. not exaggerating at all. It's it like, is a one-way street to nowhere. And where, miles where and exactly miles is it though it's off of west road which is the road that goes past doug's if you're coming off of 451 or okay. 31 excuse me and it cuts all the way back to blocker road okay it cuts all the way back to 1186 it cuts all the way back to 1794 you can connect all these places wow. but uh there's old tabernacle but it is in east texas it is in east texas okay. yes so yes. we grew up out here so fun enough my dad grew up out there too and my uncle and my aunt and we talked about being in nature last podcast. It just had to have been the coolest place ever. Well, we got to experience a lot of that as grandchildren. And then there was a moment, year or so, where we lived there while we, my parents were building the house they live in now, which was finished around 1988. So in 88, Obi, you're around Shane's age, so you might remember this. There was a huge snowstorm. I was three. Okay. So you probably seen pictures. Yes. Okay. Well, we had a blast. We had our tricycles or whatever you called those things and all kinds of other stuff, and we just went to town. You know, when you're a kid, you don't freeze. Right. And it's, you just you just turn into a popsicle and keep playing outside because you don't see snow in East Texas often. <laughs> That's right. So at that time, 88, uh, I'm about seven-ish. Shane's about five. And when you live in the country, you get a little bit more freedom. You know, my kid's the same way because there's less that you could just – you're not going to run into a street and get run over. Right. So, a cougar might get you in the that's woods. That's true. That, that is so true. The old legend of the cougar yep. in East Texas. That's true. So, there are many things that we experienced in our childhood where the story and the reality of remembering mesh, okay, and I'm pretty certain I remember some of this, but the story may be filling in some of the gaps from, from hearing it later. 
But we had this huge fenced-in area that we could always play in. And when I mean huge, you know, two, three acres. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Literally, we could go anywhere inside of that, and we're all good. So my parents let us be outside without, you know, shocker. Nowadays, you can't leave your kids outside. <laughs> I do, but, you know. Also, there was oil field equipment all in this two to three acres, <laughs> pipe racks, all kinds of stuff that was It pulled. was a child's <laughs> playground was was haven. There was a water tank. They have an oil uh, pumping no, unit out there. They did not have no, a pumping there unit. There were tons but, right you know, around there. Like, what could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> and we're here. There's metal everywhere. We're here today. So, you know, as with any child, Shane and I get to playing, and I guess that three acres didn't suit us good enough in our parents' rules. And it's snowy and, and fun and icy. Well, there's much, there has to be something outside this gate that's better. <laughs> Something's better grass and greener. greener. Grass <laughs> is greener. The snow's better. Something. So Shane and I cross the cattle guard, okay, and we head down the fence line on the other side of the cattle guard, and about probably a couple hundred yards away, there's a pond. Now, we know this pond's there because we've fished it with Grandpa and Dad before, and, you know, it's a beautiful place, but, you know, seven, five-year-old minds, not only is there a pond, but it's frozen over. <laughs> and I think I do remember tromping through the snow and getting there and, like, feeling this excitement of something new and what are we going to come up with this pond and we get to that pond and I do remember putting my foot on the edge of the pond and like seeing how solid the icing was now I'm seven now think about this in the eyes of my seven and five-year-old now and lord help me (laughs) okay because I can't get along for 10 seconds one of them would already been drowned right okay Shane's playing around and walking by it and if I remember right, Shane slips, okay? Now, I like a major, like, fall in all the body, but he goes in way further than expecting because he got out a little further to test it. And if I remember correctly. I've always been quite uh, more risky than true. Brandon ever was. And, and so it, I was probably testing He probably ice. was, if I remember right. And he goes in. Now, not like he's drowning, but enough that it panicked me. I grab him. I pull him out, and because I've always been the way I am, I'm like, we're both in trouble now. I'm logical enough to know that at seven. So we start heading back. At the same time we're starting to head back, from the door of the house to that pond is probably a good five to 700 yards, roughly. We hear our mother calling. And for those of you who don't know Sandra Goswick, (laughs) I call those pucker moments <laughs> it wasn't uh my mother calling like hey boys no you want to come in for dinner yeah it was like um there was uh panic yeah sheer panic so when we get to her because we meet you can see in her eyes she knows where we've been and 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 i might be giving a little climatic effect here but i think she would concur her pure relief that we didn't drown in that pond far outweighed any anger or disappointment in our bad choice because we were okay. Right. The parallel I want to draw to that, and that true story, is a parable in the Bible. And it's the parable of the lost sheep. Okay. So in Matthew 18, 12, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven 
that one of these little ones should perish. Here's the this, the connection. To me, that fence in our life was something we knew. Okay, so in my mind, that is a relationship with Jesus. That is, I know what to expect when I'm in the will of the Lord because I am in the boundaries that he's created for me, what the word says. It's, it's like for our parents. They knew inside that fence was okay. We could handle that at our age. Outside that fence is sin. It's something that's intriguing, may appear to be good for you, may make you feel like it's justified to go do it. Uh, it's something a five- and a seven-year-old never seen before, a frozen pond. And this is where the devil lies. He's always trying to get you out of the will of God, but he's always trying to make it appear that it's going to be really fun right, and really good for you. Okay? So we got to know about sheep a little bit. Sheep are stupid. Okay? We don't see a lot of sheep in East Texas typically, but it's not like stupid like they would intentionally harm themselves. They're just not very self-aware. Like they're just aloof. So anytime that you see a, a group of sheep or a flock of sheep, you see a shepherd and you see typically a, a sheepdog. And that shepherd and those sheepdog is sole purpose, like the boy who cried wolf. Okay, there's some parallels there too. Is The sole purpose is to protect the sheep. And so the shepherd in this parable is our heavenly father. And we all are that wandering sheep on occasion. If we think we're always the 99, we're not getting the parable, right? We all go outside that fence to go stand on that pond and see if I can skate, okay? And we all have a shepherd who always comes searching for us, but we have to be aware that the relationship we have with them allows us to come back to him. So we also have to be aware that we, and you already said this, but I want to take the point home a little bit. We are the sheep. We are the aloof, not yeah. self-aware, need yeah. help, need guidance. We can be a little stupid sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd have given you a heads up and you could have done uncomfortable truth, something related to a sheep. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really just thought that, that there's so many parables in the Bible. And I, and I thought to myself, you know, this. how many times have I lived out this parable in my own life where I get aloof? Or I stop making the main thing the main thing. And he's always there looking for me like our mother was frantically. Not, and as a parent, I can relate to this some. Now, you cross the point of I'm going to whoop your rear end or you're in trouble or you're grounded or any of those other things that, you know, you do as discipline to I just hope my child is okay. Right. Like, and it's a, it's distinct I'm sure we've all f felt that as a parent. And I feel like our mothers understand it even more because I ha think they have an intuition from the Lord that we don't have. Well, we also, I mean, you also hear stories about taking your eyes off of your, of your, and, and these are real stories. In fact, like real stories from people that I know right here within our 15 mile radius that have taken their, they're they're just, they're just working in the yard, you know, and mom and dad working in the yard, mom's inside, um, dad's outside mowing, four-year-old's outside with dad, uh, mom thinks dad's watching the 
four-year-old. Dad thinks mom's watching four-year-old. And four-year-old goes around to the back of the house and decides that they want to go swimming. And, you know, they do, and they can't swim. And, um, you know, dad goes into a frantic panic because he can't find son. Mom's goes, I thought you had him. I thought you had him. Uh, son's in the pool at the bottom of the pool, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and those are real life events. I mean, yeah. those things, those things happen, you know, that's why your mom was frantic, Absolutely. you know, cause she knew where we were. Yeah, exactly. Like our mind went there, not inside the gate. What's any seven, five year old boy going to do? Exactly. Which is another, also as a parent, you, you go to, if I can't find them, What's the worst thing that could happen to them? Right. I'm going to check there first. That's right. That's I can't point. tell you how many times I have. We've been in our house for three years now. We've got a five-year-old little guy who still is not a swimmer. Um, he's just not. He, he hasn't taken to it. Um, you know, you. he just hasn't taken to it yet. And we've got a cover over our pool right now. It's called a catch-a-kid. It, it literally will keep your child from going under the water in the event that they decide they're going to, uh, you know, get adventurous and mm. try to, you know, get in the water. But nevertheless, there have been moments during the summer where that net is not on our pool where I knew Owen was outside. I was doing my thing and I look up and he's not there. And in those moments, it's lawnmower goes off, whatever it is. And I am sprinting to the backyard and I can't even breathe, mm-hmm. not because I can't breathe because I can't, I'm, I'm running. I can't breathe because I'm terrified that I might have not, I might have taken my eyes off of him long enough for, for that un, you know, thinkable thing to potentially happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I feel you, Brandon. I mean, that's, that's, we're, we're, we're that, we're those sheep, you know, yeah. you know, we're those sheep. I like to kind of flip it on its head a little bit and think about, um, you know, I, I feel like that you can you can also correlate that whole story to the way that our Lord and Savior wants us to be, uh, in that in our in our emulation of Him, going after the one sheep uh, that may be astray mm-hmm. from from a standpoint of um, discipleship mm-hmm. and and you know, leading others to Christ, you know, in our, uh, you know, venture to do that. So it's like sometimes we can get lost in trying to reach the world and we may, we may miss our, the people in our own community or, or the people in our own, in house. our own house. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so I think you can, you know, you can parallel it to that as well and kind of flip it on its head and look at it from a standpoint of our discipleship and, and maybe missing the boat on the people that are right in front of our face for missing the forest for the trees, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Well, the the other thing that jumps out to me as far as how our Lord pursues us is because he finds the sheep. And in one version of the written word, it says basically puts him over his shoulder and brings him home and rejoices. You know, I don't think that I do a good enough job of recognizing how deeply God loves me. You know, I, I hear Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Last night we were in church studying Hebrews and the depth of that came up and we were reminded in Genesis that 
the Lord Jesus pleads with God of does it have to be this way? Does it have to go the way that it's supposed to go? You know, because at any moment during God, Jesus being taunted on the cross or spit on or blood pouring out profusely or his lungs gasping for the last breath of air, he he could have chosen something different, which would have cataclysmically changed the entirety of our ability to know him and spend eternity in heaven with him. That is like, even on the levels that I understand loving my children, that is that times infinity that I don't think I'll ever comprehend. And I think that that's why there's so much in this word to make connections to things that our brain can hopefully grasp. Sheep, wandering, shepherds, you know, these kind of things to really bring home, oh, how he loves you and me. You know, just think about some of the things we sing at church that are from the word turned into hymns. And and he's, he's telling us, I want a personal relationship with you. And then I want you to go share me. That's right. Period. And that's so powerful. I, I think that's a great point that, that a lot of times we, as humans, we reflect or project our image and our likeness onto other people around us and to onto our Lord and savior. So in my life, how that, reveals itself is you know I, I tend to find myself sometimes in circles of guilt and shame and condemnation uh, now now don't get that confused with uh, conviction conviction is a, a tool from the Lord to use us to to re- repent from our sin and come back from him but some but there are many times in my life where I have to get back in control where I'm projecting onto the Lord how he would feel about me based on how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. And it is not that. That's not I am works. not God. Right. And God is not me. And so trying to understand, and this is where the word and the Holy Spirit comes in, trying to understand how God perceives us and feels about us is a pretty tall task based on what runs through my head daily yeah it if we're yeah that's i guess that's why you always you know you think about you know sayings well you're looking at it through the wrong lens you're absolutely you're you're looking at it um you know but again we know that our perception is our reality you know so it's we i think that we just we've got to look at everything through the eyes of Jesus, you know. Can we change that saying? Is there is there a way, and there and there is to change that to saying his perception is our reality, or or something to the fact that we're sheep. Yeah, I mean, I'm dumb. I don't understand. Change the perception and and do it based on the biblical. I think lens. here's a great place, and we've all said this as as athletes. We've said the Lord's prayer. But let's let's bring it down to this real life actionable advice from the Word of God. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, who art in heaven. Okay, so we know God's in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. So we are to praise Him, to have reverence to His name. Thy kingdom come, whatever you want, Lord, it's going to happen. You're sovereign. That will be done on earth. So that's going to make its way to earth. So anything that's chaotic to us, He's got it. It's all in His hands. Give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread is this Word. 
we have it. We can fill ourselves with it daily and give the uh, breastplate of righteousness, the armor of God. All that can happen right there. Forgive us of our trespasses. When we ask for forgiveness, Shane, you talk about that repeating cycle. It's done. We are forgiven. The only thing that keeps us in that perpetual feel sorry for ourselves cycle is us and the devil. That's sin, which we come right back to ask for forgiveness for again. He's like, you're shortchanging me. I've already forgiven you for that. Move on because we then forgive those who trespass against us. Only we can do that is if our heart's clear. That's right. All right. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. I mean, if you really just really break down that verse on how we live our life daily, it is so, so clear for how he wants us to live. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, it's just like, there it's, it is. That's right. And I can't tell you how many times I said that prayer as an athlete and it went one, in one ear, out my mouth. Just gone. emotion. Emotion. You know, yeah. You, you, you're just, you're just doing it because. Y'all do it. That's right. You know, it's not not because, you know, it's because we live in the East Texas Bible Belt and That's exactly and, right. and 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 we're supposed to say the Lord's Prayer after our game yep. or or before or whatever. You're you right. know, and it, like you said, Brandon, it goes in one ear and out the other. Break that down, and it's the key to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no <laughs> it's, it's the key to your entire life on this planet, and you don't realize that you've been saying it every you know, game three times a week for the last 15 years. <laughs> and, you know, I would keep peace on that, that the first way it, the only way it can be our key to life is if we have a relationship with Jesus. Right. That's it. Like I could have said that prayer a thousand times and really go, man, what does this mean? But until I use the simple ability to ask him into my heart and say, I need you forever. You know, save me, Lord. Thing is, is we don't, we don't ask that or we we don't even think, what does this mean? Yep. Until we we come to that point. Until you know, we like, need to pull him out of his box. Yeah, exactly. To use him. It's interesting. Woo, word's powerful, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd encourage you to uh, get in it today and uh, read the Bible and soak it up. Uh, don't just read to read. Read to, what were you saying this morning? You know, read to process and read to understand where action needs to be taken and to understand it. There you go. You know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people know the Lord's prayer. You know, yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Those words, when we say that, that that probably resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Dig into that for just a second. Yeah, and, break and, it down. And, and it doesn't study take, it. And it doesn't take a lot. You don't have to be a Bible scholar, you know, to study what Brandon just read. It's it's and break. That there's down. a reason it's called the Living Word. That's right. Because if okay. we meditate on it then it will it comes to life. That's exactly right. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. If you would, help us reach more people for Jesus by liking, sharing this podcast, leaving a review. We sure would appreciate. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.